need to talk. About what? About what you've been putting in my kids' heads since I've been gone. Huh. Just been teaching them the way of the fist. Same lessons I taught you. Strike first, strike hard. No mercy. Yeah, that's where we have a problem. Oh, do we? Yeah. Cobra Kai needs to change. What you taught didn't work back then, and it doesn't work now. What do you want to change it to? Something nice and snuggly like a blanket? No. Cobra Kai will always be badass. But there's a difference between no mercy and no honor. Welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I represent Miyagi-Do. I'm sure you're all dying to know, do I like it cold or do I like it hot? Well, the truth is, I like it room temperature, just like the romance between Robbie and Sam. And my name is Jim Scampoli. I represent the new Cobra Kai because I, I understand that having honor doesn't mean that you're a pussy. And it only mm. took me 30-something-odd years. <laughs> and it doesn't mean you're a pansy either amazing yes. that they threw that shout out in right in the episode and then yes. he, just before his moving monologue about the changing cobra kai he just gave a shout out to us much appreciated though it did kind of disrupt the scene if we're being honest yeah. um this week we're talking about episode seven of season two of cobra kai lull uh directed by jennifer Alada, who has directed four episodes in total of the show, two in episode, two in season one and two in season two, and it's uh, I'm not even going to bother reading out who's uh, reading and who's who's writing all these anymore because it's you know story by Josh Shield, John Hurwitz, Hayden Schlossberg, uh, story and teleplay by Kevin McManus. Fun fact: Manus or Manus is Swedish for script. I wonder if that's why he went into that business. And Matthew McManus. Uh, okay, I, maybe I proves me wrong because uh, we haven't seen them in a few episodes since uh, episode four there. Yes, we're here at episode seven, uh, edging our way towards the end of season two. How are you doing, Jim, with, uh, with Cobra Kai right now? Uh, I'm doing great. I mean, uh, the it's things are coming together, you know, uh, season two is a lot better than I remembered. Like, not that I ever thought it was bad, but I yeah. guess it's because I like gorged it so quickly and it, it's a little bit different. It takes on a little bit different form, obviously than season one. We've mentioned it in the past that, uh, you know, you're not spending as much time with Johnny and Miguel as you were in the past. So it's kind of some small adjustments, but uh, there's a lot of things that I forgot and a lot of things play out a lot better on a rewatch now because I think I was just comparing it too much to season one on my initial uh, binge of season two. Yep. And now I, I, I totally relate to that. So uh, we start out with Amanda, Daniel's wife, waking up alone in a cold bed, much like I assume our significant others wake up <laughs> often as we shoot off to discuss uh, Cobra Kai. Um, and of course, Daniel, he answers the phone, but hey, no, yeah, I'm, I'm just at the dojo. No worries. And there's an important meeting later set up and uh, I'm definitely going to be there and it's going to be fine. Uh, but he thinks it's going to be a calm day. But of course, like, you know, Crease is in this season. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's there um, and he's real menacing. And it's like he's a, a, a scarred war vet 
and he but the language he uses is so like on the nose but it's so accurate as well for for who he is that the fact that i don't know if it's several i've just heard him say this is war no it's war but like he means it he really means it jim and he he goes to convey this to daniel as well what i love about this this scene or these this sequence uh because it does follow after amanda wait like you mentioned amanda wakes up daniel's not there and it's and She's like, oh, you're already at the dealership? And it's like, no, of course he's not at the dealership. He's going to Miyagi-Do. But the fact that Kreese is there and Daniel's like, oh, my God, Kreese is a maniac. But it's like, no, Kreese understands the world that they live in. Kreese is the, like, I mean, Johnny does to an extent, but Kreese is, like, the only character that understands the world because... What do you mean? Because, I mean, that to Amanda... Daniel is just as crazy as Crease. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at least Crease gets what they're doing. Like, does that make yeah. sense? Because yeah. that's when I was watching this, I couldn't stop laughing because I'm like, yes, Crease is a maniac, but at least he gets that. You know what? Hey, if we're all in on this uh, uh, under 18 karate world, let's fucking be all in on it. Let's. We're not halfway here because Daniel, you're all in on it, but you're kind of denying it a little bit by making it seem like Crease is crazy, but you're putting off real duties uh, yes. in your you life. You basically quit your job, Daniel, <laughs> yeah. and abandoned your wife. Yeah. So at the very <laughs> least, Crease can kind of like admit it. He can like he can relish in it for a bit. Like you don't get to pick and choose. You don't get to not run your business for this Miyagi dough, but then also be like, what do you mean? Uh, so that's why, like, you know, I kind of love Crease in this moment because he should almost, it, like, Daniel should have a realization, like, oh my God, what am I doing? But <laughs> but he doesn't. Well, but he doesn't. And, like, the episode, he Crease knows that he's in a show about karate. Yes. And Daniel doesn't know that necessarily, <laughs> even though he definitely acts like it. But one thing that really emphasizes what you said as well, that they're both trapped in this world of karate, <laughs> is the ending line when he's like, say hello to Mr. Miyagi for me. And <laughs> yeah. puts it, it puts out his cigar, like, in a, in a bonsai tree. And then when we cut to Daniel, it's, like, the most... Like inception, <laughs> yeah. like boom, like yeah. dramatic musical thing ever. And I am not complaining because I'm also all in, just like Chris here. But you're so right. Like Daniel couldn't escape this if he wanted to. And Amanda should understand that. Amanda does not know that she's in a show about karate. Yes. She thinks she's in a family drama yeah. uh, at, at most. Uh, but yeah, I just love that the show definitely supports that thesis statement in the cut to him going, and it says Cobra Kai. Yeah. Like, it's great. Yeah, because I mean, uh, like, I'm not excusing what crease his actions, but it's in a way like, if you're in a dream and it becomes a lucid dream because you realize you're in a dream. So it's almost like, Cre- like you said, Kreese realizes he's in a karate <laughs> show and he's like, well, I'm going to live this life to the fullest then. I'm going <laughs> to chomp on cigars. I'm going to show up at my nemesis' house. I'm going to throw a little like passive aggressive slash aggressive uh, taunts at his, uh, you know, fallen uh, ex sen- uh, not ex, uh, his, his deceased sensei. Throw a little ash in the... <laughs> In the bush for good good measure. Well, ash in the wound. I was in the war for several years, and the only picture of me from the war says I won a karate championship. We're in a world built yeah. on karate. Don't you see the matrix? <laughs> yeah, don't you understand? <laughs> um, 
So yeah, that's what I that's what I pick up from this opening sequence, and that's what I love about it. Uh, yeah. And yeah, like Daniel, it's weird because it it is kind of showing that Daniel thinks he's he's all in, but he, he's not even all in yet. You got to get all in, bro. You got to like basically close down your. <laughs> your car dealership, dealership yeah. you need to you need to sell the house move to the miyagi dojo uh and like you know the wife and daughter and son get on board or get off the train because it stops for no one yeah he may as well go to okinawa and, and get together <laughs> with uh with that girl you know from yes. part two um yeah, no, I love it. I love this take we have, and I believe there's some sort of video essay in here as well about how they're how they realize they're in a show. Some of them and some of them don't. But either way, we got to move on. We're only two minutes into the episode. Um, we have Sam hanging out with Moon. Moon just being best girl uh, called up Sam to hang out, giving her this uh, weird smoothie with hemp oil uh to to reset her kinetic energy that's why she's so good at karate in this episode she reset her kinetic enemy uh energy that's the movement energy um but yeah moon just being the best as usual giving dating advice because they're they're just shit chatting about robbie and they the you know there was almost a thing but there wasn't a thing ah it's great to have a scene where two women talk about a man. Yeah. <laughs> it's so empowering, Jim. And like, cause, and it's not only is it talking about a man, but it's like figuring out what to wear. Like, <laughs> so, but I mean, it's still not, you could try to pick it apart like that. We're being kind of facetious. Uh, sure. It does continue the, the streak of like moon is kind of the best. Like she yeah. started off as kind of a one note ditzy character. That was just like the dumb sidekick. But like she always makes like ever since then, she's made nothing but great choices and been supportive to people. And I guess it's a yeah. good thing she's not involved in karate. Maybe that's why. <laughs> that's why. That's how you, yeah. <laughs> Everyone who gets involved in karate, just it is. They are like two cults. We're watching the duel of two cults that accept children and, and brainwash them into various <laughs> techniques, which I love. Um, so, yeah, we we moving on. Um so we have Johnny coming back from the funeral. They gave him a body bag. Then they gave him a grave. Yep. And Miguel's kind of checking in, seeing how he's doing. And and like we said last week, um, Miguel's kind of, you know, he's he's okay with the crease for now. He's like, you know what? Uh, I, I, I turned around on crease. He's tough but fair. And uh, Johnny goes into the office and Kreese has just rearranged it, put up his picture on the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just being very, uh, oh, uh, yeah. like heavy handed at what he's doing. <laughs> um, I, I mean, and I, I've talked about it many times. I love Johnny and Miguel together. So even like these yeah. small moments where he's checking in on him, it is almost like, because obviously they have this father son relationship, except sometimes Miguel is the father to Johnny in weird yeah. ways. So I, I like seeing that. Um, and I mean, when Chris talks about my buddy taking that picture, this is clearly another illusion at, at Terry Silver, right? I, I don't care, Jim. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm just saying. Sorry, go, go talk to Cobra Kai Kid about Johnny Silver. I'm sure he'll be in season three, but but no, you're right. I, that is, and it's definitely intentional, but on, only in that he's the only other character that we know Did that we, he was in the war with, I right? Mean, we're not going to get into this too much because we maybe even brought it up. Because my question is, did we bring up that there's like fan theories that Terry Silver is Miguel's father? 
I don't, I have not talked about that with you and I don't like it one bit, Jim. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And cause the I, other, I would hate that so much. <laughs> there are other out there fan theories is that Allie with an I is Tori's mother. And that makes no sense. Uh, but they like, I think there's like a, uh, a false IMDB where they, cause Tori, I don't think we know her last name, but IMDB gave the same last name that, uh, Allie with an eye has on her Facebook. And now people think that it's like, no, but she's told stories about how her mom was like poor and how they couldn't eat and stuff like that. So, but anyways, yeah, yeah. they're crazy theories out there. We won't get into them too much. Cause I mean, we've already been spending so much time, but just, just think, think of the possibilities, Jacob. No, you're right. We probably need some theory stuff. We know how well that worked out with our other <laughs> podcast, Westworld Theories, where we discuss various theories. And guess what? They were all true. Every theory we discussed from Westworld was true. That's they were true. on the moon all along. Yeah. So, uh, spoiler alert. So, on this one, uh, I don't know. I, I just got a little bit scared about <laughs> season three and four, but I guess we'll see. Um, God, that would be horrible. So, we have the... Uh, and I wouldn't put it past them either. Okay, we're moving on. Yeah. Um, it's so... weird. Well, because it's weird because, I mean, we have so much respect and I guess love for the creators of this show because they've done such a great job. But yeah, yeah. in a weird way, even though that sounds like such a dumb idea, I could almost see them doing it and maybe still making it good. But yeah, it, it feels weirdly plausible. But yeah, we won't spend too much time on it now. Check, wait for Cobra Kai theories, you know, coming once we finish season two. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So anyway, Johnny's like, get your geese on. Why aren't you in your geese? And they're like, but I thought we were going to the woods. And apparently this is a thing that the original Cobras went through at Coyote Creek. Now it's really built up as like, I'm not sure they're ready for that. I got to say, it's not that bad compared to getting into a cement mixer and True. like walking around in it. And Johnny just invented that on the spot. In this one, they just go in the woods and fight for a bit. And I will or say, being, well, I'm just or being tossed mm -hmm. into a pool with like where your hands tied, you know, so like yeah. real like like life or death things. I mean, I guess it's because it could, potentially could breed animosity and you and it is like the whole not showing mercy, even with people that are essentially your friends it's like testing their allegiance to cobra kai over any type of friendship or whatever they might have and they're pitting them against each other unsupervised i guess is the thing as yeah. well that johnny might be right like because if these fights that we see in the show happened in real life yeah. people would be really <laughs> fucked up so yeah. i guess if we're looking at it from a, a real world from a an Earth Prime sort of perspective where you and I live, Jim. At one point, someone kicks someone else in the face and they go spinning yes. from the kick to the face. So it's like, yeah, no, he should be afraid, but also it's Cobra Kai, so they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just going to say, it's not like even like dramatic uh, like cliffs where you can fall and die or anything. It's just some woods, uh, which yeah, I don't mind it. Like the, the story is strong enough of what's going on, but I just mean his, he's really like... Although, to be fair, like, it's a good way of playing it up as well to the kids. Like, I don't know if they're ready because everyone's like, we're ready. Like, yeah, yeah. let's whatever it is. Um, so, yeah. And, and even Chris is even, say, you know, playing along going, hey, it's only if Sensei Lawrence says it's OK is when we're doing it. Um, so he's, he's playing the part here, at least. Um, moving over to Miyagi, though, Daniel is about to do this training. And maybe he was intending for it to be a light day. But then. 
uh, Chris showed up and spooked the shit out of him and yes. even says, like, I hope your students will be ready because uh, ours will be, implying that, I mean, they've already fucked up the dojo, to be fair to Daniel. Yeah. So he's like, these kids probably need to be better at defending themselves because I feel like they're going to get attacked just from being in this uh, dojo. You yeah, know? and it, do- it makes sense in that, like, um, kind of Batman Joker type mindset of how Batman has to wonder, like, well, if I didn't exist, would the Joker exist? So now, you know, I guess Daniel is coming a little bit to grips of, like, oh, just by having Miyagi-Do, I give Cobra Kai an enemy. I give I give them a target that they yeah. may not have. So it is like, well, we have to be somewhat ready in case, you know, you are going to get attacked or jumped. And it's what, Shochu Gaiku? I forget how they pronounce it, but he trained during the hottest days of the year. So, because sometimes, you know, you can't avoid fighting. I did Google him because I wanted to see. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's just lots of pictures of people in karate geese in the winter um, for the cold one. The hot one just looked like they were fighting regular. Uh, I didn't look into it super deep. Um, but yeah, no, it's like you said, nobody cared who Daniel-san was before he put on the gi. Um, so he says the heat wave's a gift. We're going to train for the hottest day of the year, stand in a circle and do the thing but before that we head over to coyote creek which as i said it's just some woods um real peaceful it really looks like you could do some miyagi like meditation on a log there uh the creek in itself is not dangerous the real danger is what what they brought with them um themselves (laughs) yes (laughs) and they kind of get the speech like they're not your friends right now they're your enemies you got to collect the headbands and i'm like this kind of sounds like a fun game sounds like a fun game uh that you play in class Except there's no rules uh, besides the rules of, uh, you know, Cobra Kai. Yeah. And I mean, of course, it has to be like, well, these are not your friends or your allies or whatever, or your brothers. Um, and, you know, it's it is it is a TV show. So, of course, you have people like lined up across from each other that can give each other a look like, haha, but we are friends or are we? Um, I What's interesting, well, not interesting, but what's weird to me to jump around a little bit with this storyline is like Aisha and Tori, their things get taken off screen, I guess. Uh, where so we don't really see the happenstance behind that. I was totally waiting for, even though we have the reveal of like Stingray, I was waiting for the reveal of like Aisha or someone to be like, haha, but I did not lose my uh my headband i just had it in my pocket like one of those or something and i i actually we are the winners um so but i guess the point is to make it about miguel and hawk but i don't i i I feel like there's a promise given at least with a couple of these shots when people are looking at each other besides miguel and hawk that are not delivered upon yeah i suppose so um one has to assume because um, you know, they were they were teamed up at one point, weren't they? Walking around there and um right? Uh so it's like Oh yeah, when uh, Miguel and Tori. Yeah, Miguel which, and Tori were teamed up and so like I guess they must have split up at some point so they didn't have to fight each other because there were too few people left. But they were both on Team Black, so I don't know why they would do that before team red is exterminated, but what, cause there's no rules. You yeah. can't gang up on people, well, um, but and, I guess they must've. And their team up is weird because it's like, it's, it's so they're like just toying with this one dude, like, aha, now you take them. Haha, but you kick them a little bit. Like, <laughs> and that, I think that's well, the one that ends in the, the super spin kick to the face. 
Yeah, well, and also that one is also what I have to comment on the setting, which again, I'm not complaining, but I th find it a little bit humorous that like there's like a broken branch and then this guy just walks in between them like, oh man, yeah. but like there's wide open space. <laughs> you can clearly like see each other, you can yeah, make yeah. plans, but but he somehow managed to stroll up to them without noticing and they managed to not notice him until he was right there. And again, not complaining. It's just the way it's shot. It's like, They're ah, and then they team up on him. Yeah, same here. I'm definitely nitpicking some things because i guess i just expected maybe more of a tori versus aisha moment to happen or at least like i mean i guess aisha's kind of being pushed to the background a little bit i was i was a bigger fan of her character previously um yeah. i don't know if it's just they didn't have much to to go on or if there are things that were edited for time i don't know i just thought that there was going to be a little bit more build I can't complain because I think when we do finally get to Miguel versus Hawk, it's awesome. Uh, I think there's some great choreography and fighting going on there. And, you know, of course, we get the Medal of Honor. And I like that Miguel is seemingly more like the way the build's been is that he's seemingly falling more under crease. And I mean, we do see hints of that, obviously, with the way this ends. But I like that Miguel is still like, hey, what the fuck? So you 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 did steal the Medal of Honor? Like, this is bullshit. So there's still yeah. some of that Miguel there that, uh, you know, has honor. Yeah, I think um, the only reason I feel a little bit like there's a missed opportunity with the girls and how they got taken out is like, I don't even know who could take out Tori. Yeah. Uh, yes, because like, they show she's so awesome or whatever. <laughs> like, she's kicking ass. Yeah, I mean, I guess Hawk or whatever. That, that makes sense, um, I suppose. That that could be it. But, like, I also get why there's not something with them because these episodes are, like, 20 minutes long yes. and they pack so much story into them. And, like, it would almost be inefficient to have a scene where they have a fight uh, or where anyone has a fight if they don't have a story in that episode. And I don't think either Tori or um, Aisha actually gets a story in this or storyline in this particular episode. Like if they only had a fight without a story, it would be like, oh, just another fight scene for the sake of it, which True. would be inefficient storytelling. And if they had a story, I think the episode would be just cluttered with a lot too much stuff going on. So I, I don't mind it for that reason, you know. No, I agree. But we have to we have to say we Stingray, uh, the birth of Stingray, Jim. Yes. Yeah, the birth of <laughs> Stingray. Talk is about great. it. Uh, the birth of Stingray is great, and his reveal at the end is great. Where you know what the yeah. thing about Stingrays is, they lie in wait for the perfect opportunity to strike. And I really like yeah. that actor. Um, I think he was in what the Tanya, I Tanya. He had that Clint Eastwood movie he was in recently. Um, I, I like that dude. And I do want to... Maybe this is only me, but especially when it's Miguel versus Hawk, I guess it's because they're in the woods. It It, it is very reminiscent to Paintball on Spaced. Uh, if people are familiar with the, the TV show Spaced, for whatever yeah. reason, it just reminds me a lot of that. I guess it's because it's this heightened battle out in a similar setting. No, you're 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 totally right. Um, did we do an episode on space on shows that you know? We did. I think we did. Yeah, we covered season one. We didn't do season two though. <laughs> well, yeah, you can hear us talk about space and why you should watch it at showswhatyouknow.com. Just click where it says shows in the menu and then click spaced. And there's an episode discussing uh, season one of space, which is uh, an incredible and groundbreaking sitcom 
that you should watch in order to understand the modern TV landscape, in my opinion. Um, there wouldn't be a lot of shows that could exist today without Spaced. Yes. Uh, and I get, I get what you're saying as well, because it's a similar sort of uh, sequence. Um, so Miyagi-Do, they're meanwhile training. Uh, they, no one's enjoying the training and the warmth. It's not going great for Dimitri, who gets fucked up. Um, and we cut to them being in a meatpacking place. No explanation needed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I guess just a big freezer. I, I don't remember if they actually say uh, where it is or explain it at all. Uh, but I just assume Danielson has connections, you know? Yeah, so he's, he's got connects. Like, yeah, he probably just owns this building. Fucking 1% Danielson over here. Um, well, and then because there's obviously two things going on here. There's kind of the slow build of Dimitri. And then there's the the fighting sex scene between yes. Robbie and Sam in the cold. And I mean, I, I think it's a common, uh, I guess, trope, if you will, to, I mean, if you ever watched Buffy, the, many a times they would actually intercut sometimes when they would be like Buffy and Riley, I think, uh, would be out fighting and would be intercut with their sex because it's like fighting is like sex. And then yes. especially this slow motion fight uh, I'm not trying to sexualize these actors. I'm just saying it's kind of clear as day what they're getting at. Maybe not sex per se, but romance. There's obviously romance happening here in these moments, and especially when their breath comes and like touches, like they they both like look at each other. It's almost just too much. And I think we've we've been very critical of uh, <laughs> Robbie and Sam quite a bit this season, uh, and I can't help but point it out here again. Yeah, no, uh, it's a dance. Like like you said, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, like a sex thing, but it is because when you're a teenager, everything's a sex thing. Yes. And I've never fought with my significant uh, <laughs> other. Glad, I'm glad about that. Uh, but I imagine that if you were the types to do sparring stuff, this, I mean, at least movies and television have taught me that you would inevitably just have sex. Even this show, Daniel says, that's how they got, uh, that's how they got their oh, son. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they know, they know the environment. <laughs> uh, and b- despite my joke at the start of the episode where I'm like, you know, their, their romance is lukewarm. Like, I I, uh, I don't think it's bad. Uh, I, I just am not invested in it, but that's okay because this show has so much, like, I am of an age where scarily I'm closer. No, I guess I'm not. I guess I'm in the mid-range of, like, between the teenage actors and uh, Daniel. How old is Daniel son supposed to be? Let's not look it up. Let's not depress me. Um, But I feel like I relate more to the concerns of the adults than the children, at least. So so that's why it's okay I'm not super invested in the whole romance going on. I don't think it's unbelievable, you know? Because, yeah, Daniel son, he has to be what? He's... um... Because it's been what thirty four? Because it's still, I think, this is still technically supposed to be twenty eighteen. Because it's like the summer after the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you're looking at what thirty four years. Um, so he's supposed to be like fifty one or something like that. Okay, well then yeah. I am definitely clearly closer to the young ones. Uh, thank you, Jim, for looking that yeah. up and making me feel good. Well, I just kind of, <laughs> I just did it in my head. I'm, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just that good. Don't even worry. Thanks for looking it up in your head. But uh, also, but like you said, <laughs> but like how clueless is Daniel to not see what's happening here? Come on, open your fucking eyes, bro. 
Daniel can't even. Daniel's been so hypnotized by Crease, he doesn't even know what's going on in his own relationship, let alone anyone else's. So don't yeah. don't judge him. He's but, just literally trying to make them be able to fight so they can fight the Cobra guys when they attack him. And I, I don't want to gloss over the great moment when Dimitri like things click for him because Daniel explains it in the like you're neurotic. You ex- you expect the worst. Like use that. Like that's a yeah. great that's a great Daniel picking up a Miyagi, like his own Miyagi moment, like a Daniel San moment where he learns to really teach someone. And it's also great that they, you know, end it with the punchline where then the next guy comes in and kicks him in the stomach or whatever, because, you know, it's, he's not that great immediately slow down, but he's, it's starting to click a bit, which is awesome. Yeah, we have two cut off the music comedically moments in the episode. Uh, the first one's when Stingray does his introduction and there's cool music. And then uh, Kreese calls him Chubbs. And uh, the music literally like powers down. It's like, yeah, um, and so that's a comedic one. And then here again, dramatic, great music when Dimitri did the thing. And then immediately gets uh, fucked up immediately and the music cuts off. So two of them in one episode, that's all you get. Don't try to do three. Uh, but yeah, it is it is very good. And like you said, Dimitri's progress is probably the most satisfying in the show to watch, right? Yes, because it's so slow. Like we said, it's a very condensed type of show where a lot happens every 20 minutes. We've seen other people get pretty good in like a montage at the start of an episode, and now they're great at karate. And so Dimitri just repeatedly failing over and over. It just makes him uh, really likable. And when he managed, when anything clicks, you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so then Daniel tries to show up, but... Anoush has left. He got a better offer, and he's, um, you know, he's not, he's not, uh, balance is not his thing right now. Uh, he, he, I guess he thought he could show up many, many hours later and still handle things. Ah, don't worry. I got this. Uh, but no, things are starting to crack a bit with between his, not just his marriage, but his business because he's not handling it all together. I mean, this guy doesn't even understand that Robbie and his daughter are becoming a thing uh now but as far as the other take with you know you've talked about robbie being kind of um such a good guy but now we're seeing the cracks in that when we have this you know blossoming romance but he he becomes selfish when miguel shows up with the medal and even you know shows his miguelness of like hey we're not all assholes and just tell Sam I'm sorry. And obviously Robbie's worried that if he does tell the truth, maybe she would, I guess, reconsider Miguel. And it's just bad timing to have him like, cause now they're all thinking about each other and yeah. she's not thinking about Miguel right now, which she was doing for way too long. Yeah. So now if he just brings that back into it, so I'm going to be uh, maybe unexpectedly, like I'm so with Robbie here. Like I totally get why he does this. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, it, and like I said as well, when, when he does something that's actually bad, it just makes him more relatable as well because he's been all along like the this bad kid who who is just who doesn't do anything bad and now he does something that's pretty bad but it's like 
completely understandable to me. Like, I don't even think it's that bad because it's not like he's fucking Miguel's best friend and like has sworn to help him. In fact, Miguel has kind of stolen his dad in his eyes. That's so true. maybe stay yeah. away from my burgeoning relationship here. So I don't even blame him one bit. And I do like this as a choice as well for the character because it just complicates things a bit and makes him have to try to figure something out where they've just been sort of slowly progressing their relationship. Now, yeah, let's throw some uh, wrenches in the monkey works. Yeah. No, that does make sense because, yeah, he did steal his dad. (laughs) And what's great about uh, Johnny's choice to finally get rid of Kreese, it's because of the change he's seeing in Miguel. Like, that kind of spells everything out for him that he needs. And I guess Kreese didn't quite foresee the relationship that they actually have because it's almost that's too much of a pressure point like obviously if it was hawk or someone that did the same thing i'm sure johnny would still be upset but i don't think he'd be upset to the extent that he is where he's really finding like nah you know you you gotta go like because miguel does uh like he already wins he has the headband and he sees that he still goes for the kick to the face uh of hawk and that's just a bit too much yeah, it's just weird because I sorry, I don't I I don't mean I think it totally makes sense. I just mean as a viewer of this show, we know that a kick to the face doesn't actually hurt you in this universe. Yeah, like yeah, based yeah. on cuz he kicked another or Tori kicked some guy to the face earlier and we didn't think that was bad. That was fine, right? Um maybe we just see, need to see more teeth flying just in general yeah. <laughs> in this show and then you'd be like, "Fuck, that's fucked up." But yeah, no, that it's basically the catalyst there's no reason for him to do that. Uh, but Kreese is like, finish him. And Johnny doesn't like this. Uh, and he's also talked to his old buddies about applying the shit that Kreese taught them out in the real world. It all adds up. And it's such a relief when he tells him to fuck off because Kreese has just been skulking around like the evil advisor to the king, jafaring yeah. it up like, yes, let me. <laughs> I will fix it, my lord. <laughs> and been t- he's the worm tonguing all over the place. And as a viewer, you're just like, get, get the fuck out of here. And yeah. Johnny finally does. And he does it with a cool little speech about no, on- uh, no mercy doesn't mean no honor. So uh, it's all G. But we know it's not over because Kreese doesn't even take the picture when he leaves. Well, I like that because um, then there, even when he gives him that speech about no mercy, no honor, Kreese kind of gets into what he was saying to Daniel at the beginning where he starts talking about war. And I like yeah. when Kreese starts getting into like how he was in war and all that, they cut to Johnny. He kind of like rolls his eyes because it's like, I've heard this a uh, hundred times before. And he even says something yeah. like, look, I don't know what shit you had to deal with, but like he's done with that. He doesn't need to hear about his fucking war stories and you know, I feel bad for you, but like he says, these are good kids. I'm not going to let you ruin that. So, yeah, uh, your, your fun war stories led to you choking me out for <laughs> yeah. getting second place, which is really good. And the trophy's just as big. <laughs> it's a big ass so trophy. You're def- yeah, you're definitely going to do that to one of my kids. So I'm just going to have you leave now. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and then there we go. Crease. Uh, yeah. Like you said, he doesn't take the picture, though. So, you know, this is not over, but. It is a, at least a small victory now for, for Johnny. We'll see where we go from here. So we will. And so will you if you uh, rate and review and subscribe. Uh, please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you use that. Uh, it would be much appreciated. Or wherever you get your podcast, if you leave a rating or a review. Or just tell a friend. Uh, we love that stuff. As I said earlier, at showswhatyouknow.com, you can find all of our other coverage. And beyond that, is there anything else, Jim? 
Well, you know, it's funny you should ask because there is at least one more thing left to say. Well, a couple, three things left to say. Oh, Jim, what's that? <laughs> Strike first. Strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy.